companies all over the globe are developing and molding their own give back models. My name is Christine Petrella, and I'm fortunate enough to host a podcast where I can speak with these companies and help us all learn the unique ways that companies big and small are doing good things in their communities and giving back to so many important causes. My next guest today will be discussing how every year they are able to donate 5% of profits and thousands of pounds of granola to homeless shelters, outreach centers, and food banks nationwide. Let's dive right into it with Michelle Little, owner of The Perfect Granola. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. I'm very excited to talk to you today. I mean, your goal is and your mission is big. It's grand. Please tell the listeners your mission. Our mission is not only to end hunger, but to give people opportunities to get out of the cycle of poverty. And your mission, what I love about it is when you log on to your website, theperfectgranola.com, your mission is front and center. So you're taking on, you know, the big shoes to fill and we are learning about the cause first to end hunger. And then you're able to show how we can do that through the perfect granola. So your early years as a volunteer, you noticed there was an issue and that issue stemmed around the lack of healthy food options. So how did granola come into play? Granola was just our first product that we wanted to launch into the market just to see if one, we could penetrate the market, but two, we really wanted to make sure that healthy products were getting on the shelf of the food pantries. Because I was volunteering at our local food pantry, I noticed that there was a lack of healthy food and also a lack of allergy-friendly foods. So that was our first product to launch into the market with the whole expectation that this would become a staple on the food pantry shelf. And then we could hire the people walking into the food pantries and give them a living wage job and medical benefits. So then they didn't have to continue going into the food pantry. They would actually get a paycheck and be able to go shopping. How you're helping so many people with just that cause. So tell me a little bit about your kitchen. Is that where all the recipes are grown? How do you figure out how to cover soy-free, gluten-free? How are you putting all of those into one bag of granola? Well, we do make it all in my home kitchen first. It's my test kitchen with my two young daughters. And they're all made with foods that you would find in a normal kitchen. So when we create recipes, they're things that I cook with, like coconut oil and avocado oil and flax meal and and things that are very nutrient-dense. And then we stay away from things like corn syrup and preservatives and chemicals because I don't even have them in my kitchen. So they're not even things that we're able to experiment with because we're making the recipes first as a family and making sure they're healthy. But then having my kids be my taste testers, I know that it's a good product because my kids are brutally honest with me on what they like and what they don't like and what their friends like and you know, really what foods they're going to eat. So a tip to all the entrepreneurs, if you want honest feedback, talk to the kids. Absolutely. (laughs) So what are the best sellers? Right now, our top seller is our maple pecan date. It is a really sweet product that does not use refined sugars or any additives or anything. We use simply dates to sweeten it. Even our granola bars are, you know, we mold it together without corn syrups or anything. That's amazing that you're able to do all of that. A lot of engineering going on there. 
the logistics, the marketing, was there a hurdle for you when you decided you were going to launch this company? What was the biggest roadblock for you when you tried to put all of those pieces together when starting this business? Our biggest hurdle was distribution and how we were actually going to get the product to the stores. What I always tell people is that I reverse engineered this company. I went out and found retailers first that were interested in a product and our mission before I even really had the product. I went out to stores like Wegmans, for example, and I said, if I had a product and if we were able to get it on the shelves and take those proceeds to help homeless shelters and outreach centers, would you put it on the shelf? And luckily they said yes. And then I went back to the drawing table, created the products, found the bakery and figured out distribution on how we were going to launch it in their stores. So this isn't only local Rochester. You are sending this, distributing this nationwide. We are, yeah. Some of our larger national players are Walmart and Kroger. Congratulations. So that was probably exciting when you got the news that they're going to start distributing for you. That was really, really big for us. Yeah, Walmart took us on. uh, We got the yes in 2018. We launched in 2019 into 2,000 of their stores. And then we're continuing to grow with them ever since. That is incredible. Very excited for you on that. And I do want to talk about Rochester. So I'm from a small town outside of Rochester called Fairport. I lived there for eight years before I went to college. Rochester has a population of about 205,000 people. And the stat that I learned from you on that is... 32% of people from Rochester are living in poverty, which is double the percentage of Americans that live in poverty. So you knew this stat a long time ago. You've been working to kind of dive in deep. So how important was it to you to start with your local community? And who did you start to partner with as far as the shelters are concerned? Yeah, it was really close to my heart. I live in Rochester now. I grew up in Buffalo. And, you know, it was really seeing the poverty rate and also seeing our graduation rates. We have some of the lowest graduation rates in the country. And so not only did I want to help our local shelters and food banks, but I wanted to get to our kids and try to show them how to change the way they grew up and how to get them ready for the real world, whether or not they graduated high school. So we started our student program in 2018, where we were actually hiring at-risk youth that were at risk for not graduating high school. And we worked with an organization called Hillside Work Scholarship Connection. And what's important there is, you know, our graduation rates at the time were about 52% which means in the city of Rochester, about half the kids are not graduating high school. But the graduation rates of the kids that go through Hillside is about 98 to 99%. So we know that if they're working with a mentor and they have the opportunity to go through their work scholarship program, they actually have a, a way higher percentage rate of graduating high school and then moving on to other activities. Those numbers are staggering. Yeah. So right now it's halted due to the pandemic. They were doing our in-store demos for us. So what you would expect from the program is that these students, they actually had to be passing all of their classes, you know, going to class every day. We put school first, making sure that the kids are going to school and passing. And then we had gave them the opportunity to work. So that way they could come over to our organization after school 
work at night or on the weekends, whatever fit their school schedule, and not only have a job, but get into banking programs. So they learn about overdraft protection and savings and you know fiscal responsibility. And then the opportunities to learn customer service and sales and showing up on time and responsibility and orchestrating their schedules to make sure that this would be you know something that they could achieve and, and do well at. I wish we had those programs when I was going to school. I think everything you mentioned is something so important for every kid to have and every kid to grow up with the value. So I'm very happy to see that there's a program to not only learn all of that, but to also be giving back to their communities. So in 2017, I read that you were able to donate over 12,000 pounds of food. Can you tell me a little bit about the partnerships and is it Mercy Home or I'm sorry, House of Mercy that you teamed up with? So they're probably very, very happy to have met you and and to be partnering with you. House of Mercy has a special place in our heart. Not only do we give food to House of Mercy, but we've been able to support them monetarily as well. They're one of the largest homeless shelters here in the area that don't turn people away. They have a soup kitchen where you can go and get a hot meal three times a day and they have beds. So we give a lot to them. And then they're also one of our volunteer partners. So one thing within our organization is we give all of our employees, whether you're a student employee or full-time or part-time, we give volunteer days where you can take company time and go to an organization or do something in your community that you feel would really be impactful. And House of Mercy was one of our volunteer partners for one of our employees that really wanted to give back in a larger way. So she volunteered there every month and really you know, worked in their kitchen and, and made sure that she was part of the organization as well. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you've been able to do as far as, I mean, that, that 12,000 pounds of food is a, a huge number. You know, we launched in 2016. So to be able to start making that kind of impact right away was huge for our company. And those numbers have just consistently grown throughout the years. So what are you doing at the company to change and evolve and adapt to, is, is this poverty number, has this been increasing? Is this percentage increasing? Or are you seeing a slow decrease, hopefully, within Rochester? Within Rochester, I mean, we're, we're hit particularly hard, but so many cities across the nation are, especially now during the pandemic. But what we've been able to do is partner a little bit closer with Foodlink, which is our local Feeding America food bank. And in 2019, we actually put in a production line there so we could work to expand their workforce development training program to train people on food and industrial manufacturing of food, and then also create sustainable revenue for the organization as well. Because our whole mission is not just to put a Band-Aid on hunger. We do donations and we help out monetarily, but we actually want to create systematic change and give people opportunities to get off the system and create better lifestyles for themselves. How can we help as community members to raise awareness and get involved? What can we do? Well, one thing is just read the paper, listening to podcasts like this. So people understand the numbers. And, you know, sometimes it's easy when we live in a bubble and everything's sunshine and roses to really understand how people are struggling. And that's really where our focus is, is 
We focus a lot of our attention in Rochester and in upstate New York, but just recently we've partnered with PepsiCo and their anti-food initiative program called Food for Good. So that way we can expand our giving and create um, or give our our single serve allergy-free pouches to children across the nation that live in food deserts because it's really difficult for children that are out of school, whether due to the pandemic or even summer vacations and times out from school where they don't have access to healthy food. So we want to make sure that in these food deserts, children and families have access to food continuously throughout the year. How tough is that to do an allergy-free pack? Well, that's why we put in our line. Um, It was a brand new production line that we put in ourselves over at Feeding America. Um, So that way, nothing ever touches an allergen. We created new recipes with new equipment that's never been touched by any nuts or soy or eggs or anything. And we keep it completely sterile in that facility and make sure that no allergens enter that room. That's amazing. And I know whenever my, I have two kids and whenever they go off for a play date, as they're running away, the parent always says, do they have any allergies? And it's like, no, we're good. But the the amount of kids that do, and sometimes you do have a parent that comes back and says, please, no nuts, you know, please, no dairy. And my daughter, I mean, she can't have dairy. She gets very sick. And I do find it tough to sometimes find enough options for her to be able to still have a healthy, fun snack that she enjoys. So I'm very excited to push this out and get your name and the word out there that there are options, healthy options, and very delicious options. We have all different products. So in retail, we do have nuts in our product, but the food service line that we have over at Feeding America is an allergy-free line. So we actually have two different facilities and two different products. That's incredible. You've helped and partnered with so many different members of the community. I would love to know if there's a story that might keep you up at night or, or something that hits home with you that you just can't forget about. There are a few, but one, and I get emotional because my children and I, we also do our church community dinners. And there were a few Saturdays where my daughter actually knew one of the children that was coming to community dinner. And she sees her in school and is doing activities with her. And she said on the way home, she's like, mom, I know her. And I said, yeah, you know, even in our own neighborhood, in your own school, there are families that are food insecure. And, you know, you might not know that by looking at somebody on the outside, but food shaming is a real thing in schools. And, you know, it's a real thing that a lot of these kids are going home and there's not dinner on the table. And that is the reason why we do these things and why I think it's so important that our company exists. But also as a mom of two kids, you know, showing my daughters that you can make a difference, no matter how small it is, it helps people. And everybody has the ability to change the world. It's just a matter of if they're going to act on it or not. And that's a very common mistake is it boils me when I hear someone say, oh, not in my neighborhood, not in my community. That would never happen here because it's happening everywhere. And not only this issue, there's many issues that a lot of people tend to push off and think that they're greater or they might be above an issue. And so your company, again, is so important that not only we get out that word, but then we come together as a community for our neighbors and for our community members, because there's a lot of people who are going to be silent and maybe embarrassed to speak up about their situation. It's so important that you know you get your children involved in an early age 
and that they can start to understand and see how mama is helping the community and how she's giving back. So what do you see in the future for the perfect granola? We're just going to continue to grow as we continue to grow our retail business side of things that keeps revenue coming in the door, that allows us to do so much more. Um, We're able to expand our reach. We're now touching six states with Feeding America in our donations. The Food for Good program was huge for us. So now we're able to ship those allergy-free pouches nationwide. So, you know, in the future, we're just going to continue to grow, ask people to buy our products. So then we have more revenue to do good with, expand our student program, expand our manufacturing so we can create more jobs. It's really as we grow, we're able to grow our mission. This truly is a company that was built by the community for the community. And the more support we have, the more support we can give. And as far as creating jobs, I'd love to know, I did speak with someone recently who their company created a job specifically for community outreach. So is that mainly a job that you're taking on going out into the community and requesting? How are places in need finding you and asking you for help? A lot of places are emailing us. Um, We've got a contact us page and a donation request page on our website. And as long as the mission fits what we're doing and we can help, I mean, unfortunately, we can't help everybody. We are still a small company, but when people reach out to us, most of the time we're able to help. And right now our focus is food banks, homeless shelters, and school nutrition. And that will just continue to grow as we grow. With school nutrition, are you seeing that it's an issue across the board? I mean, because I can say, I don't even know what my son is being served at lunchtime. It really is. And school nutrition reaches so much farther than just a school lunch. They now provide breakfasts, but also too, especially during this pandemic, schools are offering take-home packs for families that are food insecure. So we do a lot of donations with the schools where they're purchasing our product for the lunch trays, but then we're actually donating our products by the pallet to also put into those food packs for their families for the weekend and backpack programs for kids that go home and don't have food at home. Goodness. So what advice, I guess, would you say for an entrepreneur whose heart is with the cause and they're just trying to figure out you know, what to do with that cause? How can I give back to that cause? Because that's how the perfect granola started. What advice do you have for those entrepreneurs? Never let your mission take a back seat. You know, and that's one thing that we have held true to. If a retailer comes and requests our products, but they don't have an anti-hunger initiative or they don't have a zero waste initiative, we say no. You know, we partner with retailers and people that also have missions of their own that are supporting something like ours. It doesn't have to be the exact same, but it has to be closely aligned with our company. And I truly believe that if entrepreneurs have a cause in mind and a mission in mind, just continue to work that focus, no matter how small your give is or when it happens, stay the course, stay focused on your mission and you know, lucky for us, everything's been working out. But I truly think if you're mission driven, you'll find a way and things will work out for you too. Fantastic. Michelle, I appreciate what you do. I love that your heart is in Rochester, you know, where I grew up. And I would love to be able to throw this out to the community and have them learn more about such an important cause and a way to support the perfect granola. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and come back to see more of the Give Back Model. Thank you for your support.